So, um, but yeah, I, I knew Farron from, you know, I started reading her blog years ago, pre-Twitter. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the I miss those old, old days of the blogging community. It's we definitely just, changed a just lot. Just talking about that. And I love that, Farron, you're getting so much gig work, I guess you'd call it, because, um, and, and I love just... I think I shared this with you, but I, I, coincidence, it's November. Is it, happy November, everybody. Um, it's we're recording in November, but when the episode comes out, it'll be December. Um, but I, I the, the last disc I put in was um, Murder by Contract, and I always check who's on the commentary. I don't always watch them. Um, I watched Imogen's, of course, um, and there, there you were a couple days before <laughs> before we. Uh, <laughs> We're talking to you, and I was like, wow, I'm going to uh, listen to Farron. And it was a great commentary. Uh, it was last year, right? You mentioned the pandemic, so I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, uh, it, I recorded that last year, yeah. And um, I think, like, that was one of the first ones I had done um, after, you know, people were kind of, like, coming out of their shell or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and it was, it was a, a, a little, um I was a little nervous about it, but we were in a nice big room. We had like the entire floor of this office building to ourselves, you know, and he's like across the room or whatever. So, yeah, though, no, I thought in the end it went fine. But yeah, I like so. how you, you worked at that into the, your commentary as well uh, with the uh, the whole weightlifting and the, the, the two weeks period that people have seen. Right. <laughs> And, and by the way, I really came around. I, I had seen that before, and I thought it was good, but not great. I was really, I thought, thought it was cold, which it certainly is, but um, really loved it this time. Uh, that's just, it's almost I'm like. I'm trying a, to think if I've seen that one. Who's in it? Uh, um, gosh, you know, after doing the commentary, <laughs> I should have these names on the tip of my tongue, and I really don't. Um, Who released but, it? Uh, the, uh, the, um, Columbia. It was Columbia. Yeah. It's, it's oh, on. It was, okay, okay. It's on the Columbia. second second noir disc. Um, I don't think it was a big big name cast, if I remember. Um, yeah. No. The um the the guy who plays the lead um it was uh, Ben Casey on television. Right. Okay. And uh, and I should I should really know his name. I apologize to to your listeners for like <laughs> blanking on him. He was great. Yeah, I was. Kind of a, a little more prepared for uh, for for High Sierra. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it. No, let but, me tell you. No. Let me tell you guys. I had done a um, years ago. I at the at the film festival in LA at a TCM. I was getting something appraised. It was actually a letter from uh, Florence Eldridge, all about Frederick March, and it handwritten. And I was getting it appraised. And um, the night before, I kind of tied one on a little bit because it was like free, you know, open bar and everything. And so I show up early for this Bonhams appraisal and they have us on camera and and like famous people are in the audience. And I get up there and I could not think of the name (laughs) of the person who wrote the letter. I have I, I have I have the lead. I have the lead. His name is Vince Edwards. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's a strange uh, one. A uh, big Mar- Martin uh, Scorsese. So I, I think that we'll touch on Mar- uh, we call him Papa Marty okay. affectionately. Papa Marty. <laughs> yeah. Papa and Marty. actually, that's a good segue. Uh, Farron, uh, the you have a Substack, which is interesting with the whole blog evolution. Substack is like a viable revenue driver, I, I think. Um, 
and I read your... Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I don't know quite yet. <laughs> well, right, right. Well, you just started it. <laughs> viable revenue in this world. I don't know, Aaron. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I love no, the I article. Was, I was thinking about that. I, you know, and I, like, I just, I did want to mention, you know, to like anybody who's listening. I mean, I think like, you know, as, as, as writers, you know, and uh, as cinephiles or whatever you like, you're always sort of sitting around thinking, you know, maybe, you know, some people are, you know, making a living at it or whatever. I have a day job. <laughs> I've yeah. always had a day job. You know? um, it, it's not something I think that, that most yeah. people are still able to make no. a, a living no. at. So, um, but, you know, Substack has been, you know, like if, if, if my name was Glenn Greenwald, you know, I'd be <laughs> breaking in the box. You know? <laughs> but, uh, like, so, but yeah, no, it's just, it's something that I started because I wanted to, um, I, I found that, you know, I had like more, a little more time than I used to. And there are things that I would like to write that realistically, I'm not going to be able to pitch. <laughs> right, <laughs> like, right. So, um, and that, that thing in particular, the, the one about, you know, like the, the suit superhero movies and the the box office trends of the last 20 years was something I had been working on for a long time and um and <clears throat> it was just so massively long too I was like I, I'm not going to be able to get this published you know if I want to start a sub stack you know mm -hmm. this will be me planting my flag <laughs> so yeah well that's it's wonderful funny funny that Marty gets a lot of attention on film Twitter anytime anybody brings something up about Marvel and uh, and and you quoted his his um, his take uh, who a lot of people would say was a hot take but I mean you did the work wow I, I'm not surprised that this took a while um, I recommend people read that I'll, I'll put the link uh, in the show notes but um, yeah kind of kind of disappointing and saddening actually that uh, that the yeah the what the popular movies have have changed so much over the decades but uh good work yeah there, there was a an irish film critic named donald clark i think actually yeah. in the in the irish times he has something mm -hmm. out today about it but he made he made a very good point on twitter which you know i hope came through in what i wrote which is that you know it, it's not that good movies are not getting made good movies are getting made all the time right brilliant brilliant movies um it's it's a question of how widely they're seen mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. cinemas you know yes. the way we think of movies as, as you know that's the way that I, that's the ideal way to see a movie is in a theater right. with an audience um and pandemic aside they um a lot of you know, these good movies are, are you know, they're so almost being treated like, you know, art house fair, you know, like I right. was reading a, a box office summary in one of the trades today and it, it referred, you know, and it was like, oh yes. And looking at the art house theaters, you know, here's what Licorice Pizza is, is doing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's getting a small release that's going to be mm -hmm. sort of expanded, but mm -hmm that's the kind of movie that might have gotten a much wider release like you know in the 90s for example right, right. so um i miss I, that so much yeah, yeah. like Ooh. you know when I, I think about like uh opening weekend of um 
you know, Little Women in 94. I mean, that was such an event. And now I don't know, or, or I'm trying to think of some other, you know, I say adult movies, meaning well, just, just non superhero, non franchise, you know, adult storylines. Uh -huh. And I feel like that was such a thing then. And it was such an event. Like you went to go see that that movie that weekend, you know, the opening weekend, and people were excited about it. And of course, we didn't have, you know, competition with there was no streaming and mm -hmm. and all that. So and it would take what three months for four months plus for something to be available to rent at the video store. Um, I do I do miss that. And so it seems like that's definitely taken a back seat. Yeah, but it's now. a changing world. Uh, yeah, I I just thought Little Women 2019, you know, it, it was not on the list. So, yeah. but anyway, you know, I just realized, Farron, we didn't introduce you, so we just jumped right in. <laughs> so, Farron Smith Neme. Uh, uh, Who and, is this woman? <laughs> <laughs> we've already plugged your Substack, and people are like, Who is she? "Well, they." <laughs> so, so Farron, do you want do you want to share uh, your background? Uh, I mentioned you're an old blogger, so. Old school blogger, I yeah. should say. <laughs> oh yes, old school blogger. <laughs> yes, so I just I started this blog, this film blog, um, uh, largely about old movies uh, in 2005. It's called uh, Self Styled Siren. It's still there on the web if you want to take a look at it. Um, and with that, you know, despite sort of diligently, you know burrowing away at my peculiar interests over the years, um, <laughs> I started getting chances to write for other outlets. And um, that has sort of expanded, you know, to where I've, I've had, you know, like a, a number of different bylines. Um, <clears throat> I've, uh, I've done a fair bit for Criterion, but I've also done like commentaries for, um, for Indicator and for Arrow, and I've done um, I've done a lot, lot of DVD and Blu-ray booklets for various outlets. Um, this year, I had a couple of book reviews in the Wall Street Journal. Um, just uh, yeah, I'm I'm around and out there, and I also published a novel in uh, 2014 called Missing Reels, that was about the search for a, a lost silent movie sort of a topic that was dear to my heart. So I wrote this fantasy. <laughs> and it's wonderful. It, it is oh, absolutely you. wonderful. I love it. Nice. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel like we were just talking about how you feel like you know Jill. And um, I'm not as active on Twitter, but I feel like I know you because you, you really are on a lot of Criterion releases. I, I was just kind of reflecting on all the discs. I, I have all the Blu-rays. And I mean, it's got to be 20 or 30 uh, at least where you've made it, your presence has been. Does that sound about right? I haven't, I haven't counted it up, <laughs> um, but it, it, it's probably close to 20, maybe. I mean, it, that, there's also the stuff I've done for the channel. Right. Um, mm -hmm. right. And uh, so depending on whether or not you were counting that, it's um it's been a satisfying amount of working with them and uh, as I'm sure everyone tells you when they come on here they're uh, they're just great to work with mm -hmm. um, so it's always a pleasure. Do you remember the first uh, thing you did for them? 
the very first thing I did for them was um, there was a, a it was for a box set of David Lean movies, yes, um, like nice. uh, early David Lean. And I wrote for them on This Happy Breed, yes. which is a, a lovely little movie, you know, like not not very widely seen, I think, mm-hmm. even now. And uh, about this Cockney family down through the years um, and uh, their kind of trials and tribulations. There's some very funny scenes. Um, There's some real tragic events that they endure. Um, But it's it's not I, when when people say David Lean, what do you, you think? Lawrence of Arabia, right? right? You think you think of his his epics, um, but this is a very small scale, intimate movie. I love his early work. Me too. And yeah, I, I, that that set is so incredible. Mm-hmm. I yeah, think Brief Encounter, it, Hobson's Choice. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, look, no, the look, Passionate Friends. Yeah. yeah. Love Lawrence Arabia and you know Zavago is pretty good too, but uh, but yeah, I love yeah. that whole set is great. Um, I'll have to read your essay. I haven't read that one. I, I enjoy I enjoyed doing it. I also liked um, sort of writing about the uh, about the technical the use of Technicolor in it mm-hmm. um, because they um, they if you made a movie in Technicolor in those days you um, you had to it was part of the part of the requirements of licensing it they forced you to have a technicolor consultant and it was usually natalie kalmas um who was married to the man who kind of developed it herbert kalmas but then they sort of separated um i don't i can't remember if they were technically divorced or not but even though their marriage was not really there anymore you still had to have natalie around and the michael powell and uh and the the archers they called her the nuisance because she had very (laughs) very you know like thingy notions of what technicolor should look she didn't like pastels she didn't like you know anything dull you know like and and it, it drove them bonkers so on this happy breed though um they gave Natalie was busy probably doing something in Hollywood. So they got someone kind of lower down to go and be with them. And I guess she must have been a lot easier to sweet talk (laughs) or or perhaps ignore um, because uh, this happy breed has a really unusual look for Mm -hmm. Technicolor. There's only like little splashes of color. It's a very urban London kind of look. so it was nice to write about that too. And it was around that time you also wrote uh, <laughs> about Jane Wyman, is that right? And all that heaven allows. That was maybe a little bit later, and that was okay. that was just for the um, that was just for the site. Okay, because uh, I love yeah. I love that essay. It's so great. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I enjoyed that one. That's a that's another one that I think maybe not as many people have seen, but I um, in all that heavens allows that everybody writes about the Technicolor, right? <laughs> right. And, and and of course about Douglas Sirk, who was a genius, and about Brock Hudson, who was a great actor. But I feel like Jane Wyman kind of you know sometimes gets lost in, in the shuffle, yeah. and. the movie would not have existed without her she was she was the one who you know sort of put a package together with Cirque for uh, Magnificent Obsession and Mm -hmm. then this second one was 
capitalizing on that having been a hit. And I think it's it's her best performance. It's, it's fantastic. Really, yeah, it's full of great mm-hmm. subtlety and um, and just has a lot to say about being a woman and aging, mm-hmm. you know, really I, unpleasant truths about yeah. what it can be like raising kids. and 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 the the role of the dice as to you know what they're like when they they get older and how they're going to treat you um and uh you know about like the the gossip that it was so daring for the time too um the fact that she that she's wants she is going after what she wants and and the um she is very quickly ousted by her, <laughs> by all the busybodies that are uh, around. And so I, 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 but I love this piece that you wrote on her. And I, I do think that Wyman just in general is um, really underappreciated um, as an actress. And she's, she is so stunning in this film. She's a, a great looking woman, but mm-hmm. she's not um she's she's not beautiful and chic in the way that, you know, right. like Tumblr friendly celebrities like Audrey Hepburn or Anna Karina are. And I think, you know, like in terms of who has like the uh, kind of cult fandom, um, mm-hmm. Jill Wyman doesn't have a lot of things that kind of build stuff like that. You know, right. she doesn't she was married to Ronald Reagan. Um it, it so she didn't really have the kind of love life that's going to make people <laughs> want to devour gossip about her. <laughs> she, she's, a, she's a working actress. She, she right. did the yeah. work. Yeah. Right. Well, that's right. actually an amazing yeah. segue because uh, usually we will have an episode where we just talk about the announcements. And uh, as it happened, Jill and I uh, were out of town the same weekend and couldn't have had that. And um, so luckily, uh, Farron, the February announcements, uh, you're on one of them. And um, <laughs> so I'd, I'd like to just run through those real quick. And Written on the Wind is the first one coming out. And uh, as you know, obviously the Technicolor is a big deal there. But um, compare, talking about uh, Jane Wyman and not being gossipy, I, I think of Lauren McCall. And she's, <laughs> I mean, yeah. Very yeah. gossipy, even maybe even Dorothy Malone a little bit. But um, uh, any thoughts on um, "Written on the Wind"? I haven't seen. Are it in you a while. asking me or Jill? I'm asking every anybody. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I, I want. I want to hear. What, well, I will. The only thing I will say is I've been waiting for this upgrade for yeah. a very, very <laughs> long time, and I'm very excited. But I want to hear what Farron has to say about this because there's I love, so much I love here. Written on the wind. I, yeah. <laughs> I, I adore it. I, what a crazy movie it's got for one thing it's got one of my favorite openings of all time like with that theme song mm-hmm. um you know and the lyrics going mm-hmm. and and the leaves blowing into the house and it, it just it, it's it's almost like a shakespearean prelude in in, in that like uh, uh, one of those opening speeches in shakespeare will often like spoil the entire plot for you and that's kind of what's being done here. Like, if if you're alert enough, you you see references to just about everything that's going to to happen. And then you know, it's just this story of this insane 
Texas oil family, <laughs> and um, super and they're they're all, they're almost literally incestuous dealings with one another. <laughs> I love the write up on the on the Criterion website. This one sentence it says, alcoholism nymphomania, <laughs> impotence, and deadly jealousy. These are just some of the toxins coursing through a massively wealthy, degenerate Texan oil family. It's like, Jill, yeah. I had the same sentence highlighted. I love it so much. And and is this the role that Dorothy Malone won her Oscar for? I think it is. And yes, she's, it she's, is. She's yeah. way over the top, but but fantastic in this. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I, I could watch Dorothy Malone mambo all day. Yeah, I love her too. If there's any of our listeners who have not seen this film, that sentence, <laughs> <laughs> that description, that should totally reel you in. This movie is is batshit insane, and I love it. I love every minute of it. And of course, Doc, Douglas Sirk, you know, everybody loves loves him. Speaking of all, all that heaven allows is one one of the among the most popular. And this has been a fair, and we run prediction polls, and, and they're kind of half prediction, half wish list. And this has been up there for probably two years, two, three years now. People least, re- yeah, really want this up yeah. um, And then we have uh, Miller's Crossing by these guys named the Coen Brothers. Uh, probably have not hit a lot of top 10 box office. Says, oh, wait, I think No Country for Old Men did. What, didn't it? Uh... I- <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, they definitely have their following. Oh, yeah. And um, we're big, we're big Cohen brothers fans in this household. Miller's Crossing did not mm. hit the top ten. In fact, I think it was no, kind it of, did not. Kind of over overlooked at the time. Baron, um, uh, what do you think of uh, Miller's Crossing? I did like. I'm trying to think. It's been so so many years. I don't I don't remember it being an outright flop. But I don't <laughs> think it was. Um, I don't think that it did as well as maybe they had expected or, or hoped it would. I may, partly because I guess it's it's a pretty grim movie. Um, as, as, as beautiful as it is and as funny as it is in, in certain parts, mm-hmm. it's um, it, it's dark. Um, but and I think it's one of their best. It, it, it really holds up well. And, um, and it kind of points the way to a lot of directions they'd be taking later on. It'd just point out that I believe my close personal friend, Glenn Kenny, wrote the uh, essay he, for this one. He is on this one. Yeah, yes. So, yeah. Yeah. Now this would, I think this is the first film after Raising Arizona. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So, so maybe it, it, that's why it didn't do as well. Maybe people were expecting something. Where are the hijinks? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, and it's been a very long time since I've seen this. So I'm very excited to, to get my, my hands on this one. Yeah. I, I rewatched it a couple of years ago and I had forgotten how, hard-boiled it is i mean it's really mm-hmm. uh, i speaking of noir member i mean it, this is really like both beyond what what the, they did during the classic era but also kind of pays tribute to it um so, so yeah i'm really mm-hmm. excited about this and and we had talked on our noir member episode uh with craig and he'd mentioned megan abbott and she has a supplement on here um and she mm-hmm. right she's yeah. that'll be great and there's a lot of others uh sonnenfeld carter burwell who i i, I love um yeah, this is going to be a great release. And Glenn Kenny, as you mentioned. So, yeah, and a really yes. phenomenal cover. I think this might be the best cover of the month. Um, and then it's we have very this, good. this little film by this guy, uh, Leo McCary. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you might have heard of him. Um, 
I Love Affair, which I have not seen, although I love Leo McCary. <gasps> I know. Oh, it's well, so good. This has been yeah. in like uh, public domain. <laughs> this is Farron and I. So Farron, um, I was thrilled to see your name on this, you know, knowing that you were coming on the show this weekend. So what what can I expect? What can our listeners expect? Well, so, uh, yes, it has been in public domain hell for many, many years. And, um, and so it, it was not at all a hard movie to see. Uh, but it was sort of hiding in plain sight because, you know, the, like if you try to look at any of these cover of of these, um, and, uh, if you try to look at any of these versions, it was, they were dark, soupy, murky, mm-hmm. um, and uh, so little of the beauty of this film could be seen. Um, you know, you still had like the dialogue and you know, much of the lovely performances or whatever, but it, you know, a, a, a film where its visuals are, you know, through a glass darkly is uh, just kind of a sad, lonely thing. And so um, MoMA, the Museum of Modern Art and Lobster Films um, in France um, got together. It's been a couple of years now and said, you know, we're, we're just going to do it for this movie. And Leo McCary and they have come up with this incredible sparkling restoration. This movie has probably not looked this good since 1939. Um, it It's just amazing how good it looks and you can rewatch it and just bask again in you know like the romance and the funniness of it and the the four hanky moments and uh, and Charles Boyer and and oh. Irene mm. Dunn and it's it's just it's it's real it's pure pleasure it's uh, I can't wait um, oh. yeah yeah now so I'm going to ask you an impossible question. Um, if you like this <laughs> one better than than a fair to remember? I do. I do. Mm-hmm. I you know in 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 my novel even you know I have mm-hmm. um, I, I have somebody greeting um, the heroine with a, a question that somebody greeted me with when I met them at at a party years ago, which was you know love affair or a fair to remember. She <laughs> thinks about it and she's like love affair, <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and McCary himself said that he preferred love affair. Yes, and uh, and he he said it was because of Irene Dunn and Charles Boyer, mm-hmm. and um, and he was not insulting either Cary Grant or. Um, or Deborah Carr, but he said that because um, Charles Boyer was a different kind of actor from Cary Grant, that there were um, sort of, there were emotional places that he was able to get to that Cary Grant, you know, with his particular persona and just what he projected on screen, no matter what he was doing as an actor, um, that weren't quite there for Grant. Mm -hmm. Um, and also, I, I just I I love black and white, and this is a yeah. beautiful black and white movie. It is. Um, uh, it it's really really gorgeous. I the I mean, a, an affair to remember is a really beautiful, wonderful movie that I love seeing. You know, happy to watch it anytime it's on. But mm. that one has been um, that one has been much better treated by posterity than right. Love Affair. So I'm ready for Love Affair to get yeah. some love. 
Yeah, let's, let's get that Me one in too. the collection. And uh, <laughs> so your, yeah. your supplement, uh, your, well, it's an interview, um, is about the movie's complicated production history. And, uh, and Farron, I, one thing I've noticed, and we'll get into this after we talk about the releases, uh, I'm, I'm a history and film guy, so I, that's probably possibly why I gravitate towards your supplements so much. But it seems like that's kind of your approach often, um, especially with some of the recent ones. Is that fair to say? Do you love getting into the history of a film? Well, well, it's 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 often what um, it's often what Criterion has has asked me to to do. Um, you know, but when when you're writing an essay, um, usually um, what what they're looking for is more like a an analysis of the film and the performances and the directions and like what's sort of making it hang together. But um, when the supplements, they're often looking for something different. So right. you know, they might and they can ask you about any number of, of different things. How was the film received in its day? Um, that can often tell you a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, what did they have to go through? With Love Affair, there were some problems with the PCA, um, the Production Code Administration, that were interesting and that they wanted to, to discuss. And uh, just also, you know, like the, the casting... Um, how was it written? Whenever you dive into the other thing that it's kind of fun to try and tease out about movies is is who was responsible for what, uh, because mm-hmm. it, it was, mm-hmm. it, you know, a studio movie is maybe even more collaborative than uh, than film is now. Um, so teasing out whose idea was what is also fun with those. Nice. Well, I can't. I can't wait to see it. Um, I think the the bars have been set pretty high, and I look forward to your um, your essay there or interview as well. And the last one for February is Boat People, which um, I don't, have you either of you seen? I have. I not. have. I have not. Oh, um, okay. But I did. Um, I did. Uh, like sort of speak on on Twitter to some people who had I think including Justin Chang mm-hmm. and uh, and I gather that it is it's not set on like a, a, a boat it's a, it's about um, people in um, in Vietnam and what is going on with them right before they get on a boat to to leave mm-hmm. um so it's it's sort of like what's happening to them prior to their becoming boat people and i guess you know it was really well received um when it was first shown i think at the new york film festival and i'm really looking forward to seeing it you know it's a woman director mm-hmm. um and uh yeah and who we i believe i, I expect i'm yes. pronouncing that correctly <laughs> Yeah, I I think I've most listeners know about my dad. Uh, I even had him on the show once to talk about the pandemic, but he has spent a lot of time overseas and uh, in Vietnam and Thailand. I think he actually speaks both fluently, and I speak a little little Thai. But I, I asked him about the boat people, and he actually has direct experience with them uh, just through his uh, work in Southeast Asia, um, you know, forty years ago or so. And uh, he 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 told me about a little bit about them, and it's fascinating but tragic at the same time and but i think that what he saw was more the you know the 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 symptoms rather than the 
the diagnosis. I think this movie probably addresses the the root cause more of uh, what happened with that drove these people to um to leave to flee on boats. And and, and yeah, speaking of which, recent news, you know, some there was a, a lot of people that were lost in the English Channel just recently, um, in a boat. Right. So um, <clears throat> yeah, it's 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 sad that this happens, but um, I'm looking forward to the movie. I haven't seen it. I, I guess listeners maybe let us know what um, what's in store. Um, but yeah, probably imagine this is probably a powerful movie. I would imagine so. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a tough one to transition from, but uh, yeah, woo! All right. <laughs> All right. Well, and as it happens, you've you've been on Criterion a lot lately. Uh, when we worked out the time to record, I didn't. I don't think Kane was announced yet. I, I don't believe so. But no, um, it wasn't. No. So I, I didn't know you had a supplement. And uh, but first, I, for, have you received Kane yet, either of you? I have. I have not. Not yet. Um, and I, yeah, and I I got my uh, 4K set that that came. I think on Tuesday. It is a thing of beauty. Uh, there, I don't. You probably missed this, uh, uh, Farron, or I hope you missed the outcry about the K cover, which was just ridiculous. <laughs> but um, it really works with the packaging, and uh, like, yeah, actually, it actually folds out in K A N E, and which so some some discs are tough to put away because you don't really know how they fold. This one, you just spell the K, and, and it, I've already unfolded and unfolded. So, Farron, yes, I have seen. Oh, we probably should mention the disc replacement. Um, so yeah. They, there, there was an <laughs> issue with the Blu-ray about thirty minutes in, and I did watch it. And yeah, it, it's it's a real thing. So, um, something happened. I think Criterion handled it fine. Um, the, the I right think way. so too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it and they've and they've modified the policy, so you can either send the destroyed disc in a regular envelope or you can take a picture with the your name or whatever they say and and because I, I know that mm -hmm. some people were upset that they were having to pay for the stamp to mail that back and um so they've addressed that issue as well and you can just send a picture and then they're giving everyone a gift certificate, a $10 gift mm -hmm. certificate for our trouble, which I think is very nice and generous. And another reason why uh, Criterion is the best. They are uh, mm -hmm. very great with their customers. So, And our buddy uh, Drew, I believe, stirred this up, is um, uh, trying to find uh, – because Drew is mis mischievous, as you know, uh, trying to find mm -hmm. uh, creative ways to destroy your disc. Um, <laughs> yes. I missed that. Yeah, Drew Drew's trying to think of, you know, how can we have a giant fire with a bunch of junk in it, including a sled, and then we yeah. toss the disc in with it, you know. I posted a, so, uh, a, a gif of somebody walking away from a, build, uh, a blowing up building, and I just said, attention, John Mulvaney. And <laughs> yes, so um, it will be interesting to see if people get a little uh, creative on those on those yeah. photos. Yeah. yeah. Have, have, did, did, did anybody have, you know, like destroying Susan's room and the disc <laughs> just happens to be in the cake place? You know, I'm, I'm thinking this might become a contest. <laughs> Try to work the okay. destruction into the you themes of the film. Me, you just gave me such a great idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, this is going to become something. Thanks for that suggestion. Um, oh, goodness. Keep posting that's, people that's in, the, in the Facebook group. Uh, that's Thomas's favorite scene. You know, like he'll be in the other room and I'm watching Kane as I do at least once a year. And he'll go, oh, 
is he having his old man tantrum and he'll come <laughs> run and he'll oh, watch right, it. Right. Right. Uh, oh, poor Kane. Inspiration um, for the room. I'm no kidding. But Farron, you asked. Um, I, I have watched the 4K. I rewatched it Friday, and boy, it's stunning. It just looks so good. Uh, I just w- was pinching myself that you know I live in a world that I can watch a movie in such quality at my home. It's just amazing. And um, we're gonna do an episode on Kane, uh, probably in December, I think. So I didn't want to watch too much. I didn't want to. I wanted that to be fresh in my memory. Um. But I did watch your supplement, Farron, and uh, it was amazing. Uh, it's a good 25 minutes. You mentioned before the show that you haven't seen it, but uh, they, do, they do a nice job editing you know, st- uh, the footage of the, the film. And, uh, you... their, their editors are primo. <laughs> they are. They are. Um, yeah. I don't know how long your interview was, but uh, the final, I, I'm guessing probably about 20 minutes of screen time is what you got. And um, uh, it looked like it was recorded in a movie theater. Uh, was it one of yeah, the new... they have they have a uh, they have a screening room um, oh, in the right. Criterion offices, and a, a, a lot of things are, are recorded there. So you know, of course they um, do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Now, when did you record this? Was this also in the midst of the pandemic? Uh yeah. Let's see. This was um. It was uh like uh late August, I think. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um. Yeah, it was uh, it was one of the the better periods. Like <laughs> there was that you know there was that that period in the summer where we all yeah. thought the vaccine was going to be was like right. hey party time. Oh yeah. Who, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Who have I not seen? You know. Um, but uh, <laughs> who have yeah. I not kissed? Come on. Yeah. Woo. <laughs> I mean, yeah. They, they, I mean the pro the protocols were were all the same as usual. You know. They're, sure. They're, you know like. Um, mm-hmm considerate and uh and very cautious but uh it it it, i do like kind of miss that that summer feeling yeah right yeah i was so naive we were so so you know so i want to know like how long do you spend preparing for these on-camera segments like do you is this like months of preparation research or is it like we got to get this thing turned around in three weeks you know how, how long do they usually give you to to work on these well with without like sort of you know like re- revealing like the lead sure. times for the sure. various releases sure. or whatever it, it can really be either it can be something mm-hmm. you're turning around relatively rapidly right. um or or it can be something where you're able to do it a bit more leisurely mm-hmm. um for citizen kane because it's citizen kane right um, that was an intense pro- process. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like mm-hmm. you know, checking books out of the library and dragging right. things out. You know, I'm like living on Lantern Media history. Oh, God. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm diving through newspapers.com. You know, mm-hmm. like watching newsreels and things. But it, it was, it was fun. It, it's yeah. not. It's not painful to spend time no. with Orson mm-hmm. Welles or Citizen. But research, <laughs> research during the pandemic has been very interesting it's you know it's gotten better but i know last year last summer when we were just really at the beginning of this i was on a pretty big project that never saw the light of day never will but um that was interesting to be able to research everything all the libraries here were closed and you know the academy library is closed and so it was turning to those online resources uh 
really saved me. And, um, and it was a fairly quick turnaround. So I was kind of curious, like how that, how challenging that was for you during this kind of like new era that we're in for, you know, things being open and accessibility and things. So very well, cool. Perrin actually mentioned that, <laughs> which you'll hear yeah. uh, when, when you get to the, um, the murder by contract, uh, Farron, you mentioned, I forget what, what the topic, but you had uh, called out that it's really tough to get access to libraries. Um, yes. It yeah. might've been uh, the, uh, you had a really great digression on that about, uh, the, uh, the female character, the, I guess yes. really yes. the target, um, uh, really the socialite. It was really fascinating. Yes, she's she's wonderful. And I, I wound up, you know, I had spent like a fair amount of time trying to um, to look her up. Caprice Toriel yeah. was, was her <laughs> name, um, you know, which was not like um, she had like several married names and things. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it, she was a really fascinating person. But that I wound up relying, you know, sort of on someone else's research yeah. and mm-hmm. shouting him out on the, uh, on did. the, the disc, you know, mm-hmm. after like, you know, kind of getting in touch with, um, with Eddie Muller who knew him or whatever mm-hmm. to make sure it was going to be okay because it was just, it was too, she's so, such an intriguing presence in that movie. Yeah. Um, a really, really memorable and very unique and her IMDb entry is like this <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it but but there was a lot more there was a lot more to her life um mm-hmm. yeah. and that was that was fun to to put in there um but that that was just kind of lucky me stumbling around across <clears throat> like legwork that had kind of been done um but, but yeah, it, there's a lot of like online sources that you could use, um, and then there's some um, there's some friends of mine, academics who mm-hmm. um, who have access to, to those libraries, yeah. and if I'm really desperate, you know, like lean on them. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, so. Yeah, I was um, sending out a lot of lifelines last summer. Like, okay, please, can can you please help me? My friend Rachel, uh, I was like, hey, I really need you to access. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, yeah. this database yeah. at USC for me. <laughs> Will it get you fired? Okay, great. Can you please <laughs> save that as a PDF and shoot that over yeah. to Yeah. <laughs> nice. And Farron, and so speaking of research, I thought your research came out very well on the cane supplement, which um, I don't think we've pointed out yet is a, a comparison between uh, Charles Foster Kane and William Randolph Hearst. And uh, and really, there's just what the, the similarities and the differences and I thought you did a great job. I've been to San Simeon, uh, and it's crazy. Um, and actually, I, I can see um, San Simeon. <laughs> um, you know, I, I could see uh, Xanadu. Um, you know, it, it, it just it jibed. <laughs> um, but I, yeah. I thought it was a remarkable supplement. They did, did a good job with the fireplace, uh, just kind of using that as a contrast um, to, uh, while editing between your comments. So I, I look forward to you, <laughs> you seeing it sometime, hopefully soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I know I will, but but yeah, I, I, we only have so much time, so I want to get around to High Sierra, uh, and I, I I did the same thing I just mentioned with Kane. I waited. Um, I watched High Sierra when I when it came out because I hadn't seen that one either, and and boy, that's a, a terrific film. Um, and then I over this past uh, you know, Thanksgiving uh, holiday got to Colorado Territory and the supplements. 
I loved the Raoul Walsh documentary. I don't know if you've seen it, Farron, but it's um... yeah, yeah, yeah. I did, I did. It's it's a lot of um, it's it's. He was such an interesting person. He's fascinating. Um, and I think, yeah, yeah. And I think uh, the the documentary is um, is more focused on his life um, than the work in a lot of mm-hmm. places, especially like. Um, Dave Kerr, who I, you know, did the the supplement with, it was really, Raul Walsh is, is a passion of his. And so it was really me, but kind of drawing him out, you know, mm-hmm. the, like mm-hmm. not, not completely an interview format, but like a, a, an, an exchange, you know, with, mm-hmm. with him as the unquestioned expert. And he, I think has, has always felt that, um, Walsh's earlier work at Fox, um, has been neglected for, you know, for a lot of reasons. It, it no, nobody's out there, you know, saying today I'm going to slight Raul Walsh. No, but, um, <laughs> it's just, you know, like in terms of what's what's been available and what hasn't. Um, right. So you know, he when he's done some of the uh, Fox series at MoMA, he's brought out some of their beautiful um, prints of early Walsh. Um, and I guess like the documentary doesn't. Um, I think maybe even in fact because of that doesn't have a, a lot of emphasis on the work that he did in silence well a lot of his silence mm-hmm. are lost but even the mm-hmm. ones that aren't lost and then his early talkies um and then he kind of has like this uh, uh not fallow he's still making movies but this this period where he's he's clearly kind of like uh you know at, at a crossroads you know it's like what what am i going to do um and then he lands at warner's and begins the great period mm that everybody knows of which, you know, High Sierra is definitely a pinnacle and Colorado territory, um, is, is, is as well. Um, when the set was uh, announced on, uh, as it's not really a, a set, but when the release was announced on Twitter, uh, you know, the classic film Twitter was, I think maybe even more excited mm-hmm. about Yep. <laughs> not not yeah. not not because of anything against High Sierra. Everybody knows it's a masterpiece, but because Colorado Territory has not been seen in a decent copy right. for God knows how long. I'm not even sure it's ever been on disc. I don't I don't think it has. Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> so, and the, re, yeah. the restore was. I, it didn't look like a like a clinical restore, uh, it, but it was a, it was a decent print, but not as good as High Sierra. Yeah, and and yeah, Raoul Walsh is just. <laughs> Um, I don't know if I believe every story to, he's told about himself, but uh, no. Ne- I... ne- ne- never believe everything <laughs> no. that a director right. says about themselves. Never. But Sullivan's pretty far out. They, they do get into his work with Griffith, and uh, and they they do mm-hmm. get into the Warner period. He and and also kind of how he saw himself. He wouldn't see himself as an auteur, which I thought was very interesting. Um, no. But but Colorado, I mean, are there any directors in history that have put out that have remade their 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 own movie in the same decade in a different genre and both been almost as good as each other. I, I think High Sierra is a notch above, but frankly, it's but, apples, oranges, um, two yeah, different well, actors. Leo, Leo McCary did it like in two different decades, but yes, the, he did, right, he did right. not, he did not like suddenly set love affair, you know, like hell, I don't know, you know, like, like in Colorado territory or whatever. Mm-hmm. He just, uh, <laughs> you know, he just, we yeah. made the movie, um, and it was they were both equally good. But yes, yeah, switching genres like that is really, mm-hmm. you know, 
sort of, yeah, if, if it's not a unique accomplishment, it's close to it. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> and it's, it's different too. I, I, I really liked how it was different because the, I mean, you can't replace Bogart and, um, and in, in a noir setting, uh, the choices they made there made sense. Although a, a little with the, the love interest in high Sierra, I don't know that I was a little creeped by that <laughs> and less so <laughs> in, uh, in Colorado territory, but yeah, you, you kind of, you, you brought a lot to the, your supplement, uh, with Dave and, and, and the, inter- but it, it did seem more, more like an interview where you, uh, added your contributions and I, I thought it was a well done supplement. And it was actually the last supplement on the disc, which made sense because it was on the Colorado Territory disc, um, disc two. So, um, so you kind of wrapped it all up in a bow, and uh, and I thought it was excellent. Uh, I, I just the disc itself was just—I think you could call it a set because there's just so much in it. Um, yeah, there is there is a lot in it, and even the I mean, Colorado Territory is not a restoration, but um, I I'm not an expert in such matters, but like whatever elements they were using to make it, they were in really good shape. So, mm-hmm. um, it, 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 it still looked really good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah. We um, had a, we had a restoration conversation a few weeks ago, but with some, that was fun, but yeah. Uh, so loved, loved the, those releases, but you've done a lot of other stuff and, um, maybe we should just praise her. <laughs> Jill. <laughs> Yeah, do that. Well, you know, I have to to shout out, and I actually reached out to you, Farron, privately about the Judy Holiday spot that you did on the Criterion channel. I love Judy so much. Absolutely adore her. And uh, when that came out, they did a, you know, Criterion had all of those films uh, for her 100th. And I knew that that uh, special feature was going to wreck me. And, <laughs> but I sat down and watched, I was alone, which is a rarity during this at home period. Cause my husband's still working from home and I actually was alone for about a half hour. And I said, I'm putting this on so I can cry in peace. <laughs> and it was just so beautiful. Um, I couldn't think of anyone else, but you to, to, uh, be on that supplement. And of course, Criterion's editing is always amazing. It was just a beautiful tribute and made me realize that she should have been with us much longer than she was. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I had, I had a wonderful time um, doing that. You know, it's like, I went back to um, a couple of movies that I don't think I appreciated nearly as much as I should have. Um, what, one of them was Bells Are Ringing. And the other one was The Merry and Kind, which actually oh, I, re- I recognized as a really good movie, but because mm-hmm. of you know a plot development that I will not you know yeah. specify, <laughs> um, it, you know, it, it just, it, it was so heart-wrenching to yeah. me that I had not gone back to it and then it's I finally tough. did and I was like oh god this movie it 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 shows um so much of what she was capable of mm-hmm. and then you know in in the criterion thing that they did I mean their their editors are so great you know it's like it, what a what I'm saying you know is maybe not that sad but you know they've got like my last lines over that beautiful shot of her waltzing with with dean martin 
And it just know, killed I, me. I got to tell you, they they sent me the Vimeo link. I was bawling too. <laughs> it wasn't me. It was Judy. <laughs> She's so beautiful, you know. And and she she didn't have very long to live at that point, no. you know. No. And it was and that so, one's so that movie. I love it so much, and I've actually pulled it out <laughs> to show it to Ellie. And um, I don't. It's really hard for me to watch. Yeah. Because I know she's not around much longer. And, oh, God. Yeah. Anyways, I'm here getting teary-eyed just thinking about it. I just, I love yeah. her so much. She I haven't seen it. She's the best, though. Ah. Yeah. And, um, I mean, like, I, the, the first movie I saw her in was the Solid Gold Cadillac. And oh. it's and it's it's still my favorite. And it's just, it's so relevant, you know. And, and she's so charming in it and i feel and I love like paul douglas too like he's, yeah he's such a he's so cute he's just like oh my goodness he's sweet in that and and he yeah interesting character actor but i i do love him and the two of them together are so adorable yeah, they did. They did a really good job of pulling out just the right things. Like for Born Yesterday, her speech where she's uh, where she's telling off Broderick Crawford and saying, you know, oh, that's I, I'm Robert not Crawford, not Paul Douglas. Oh my goodness, I got no, it's, it's it's Paul Douglas. Oh, it in, is in Solid Gold Cadillac, and that's then it right. was Broderick Crawford. Yes, in, in Born Yesterday. Yeah, right. And it was yes, Paul Douglas on Broadway. So I'll even spot you, Paul Douglas. They wanted Paul Douglas, but they couldn't get him. I can't remember why. So it, anyway, the the scene that they pulled out where she's like finally telling him off, you know, yes. like you can't. You, so you know, I'm not going to let you treat me this way anymore. Um, it, it just it, it felt. You know, I guess maybe after like three or four years of of Me Too, it it was always yeah. immensely satisfying. But watching it now, it just you know, it it felt like. Yeah, Judy. <laughs> that's, that's for all of us. <laughs> and I know this has got to be sacrilegious for me to say, but I think she deserved that Oscar. I did. And I, she I was know, amazing. Yeah. I mean, I know, I know <laughs> it's very controversial, but I. I think she 100% deserved it. It's just every bit of that performance is is remarkable. And I think I, that's that's the best best actress category i think in years um i mean just everyone was amazing that year yeah yeah i mean i think it it would um i i guess what i would say is that you know if if gloria swanson had won if mm -hmm. betty davis had won if eleanor parker had won you know none of those all of those would have been good and i guess what, what i'm just saying is that she she deserved to be in that company, right? Mm -hmm. that right. You, yeah. you, you literally could not go wrong in that no. year. No. <laughs> so, um, it, you know, so it wasn't really highway robbery, although no. it's kind mm -hmm. of seen that way maybe at the time. Well, so anyone who uh, wants to approach uh, either Farron or myself <laughs> on Twitter with your opinions about whether uh, Judy Holiday deserved that award, just keep them to yourselves. Okay. I, I won't mansplain my case for Glorious One. I'm kidding. Um. Yeah, no, no I, you know, the, actually, after that thing came up, the, uh, the subject of the Oscar did come up a bit, because I sort of say in the intro you know that that i thought she was not un, undeserving and mm -hmm. um and nobody i maybe we've 
maybe we've become more sophisticated about how we look at comedy. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I hope so. You know, you, people look at a dumb blonde role and they think, oh, you could play that in your sleep. Yeah, play it mm. like Judy Holiday. <laughs> I don't freaking think so. Yeah, like <laughs> Gloria Swanson or well, yeah. Dave, no, Betty Davis, they couldn't have done the. And that's the. That's why I don't. I don't love comparing art uh, because all three of those roles um, are just so different. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm fine with Holiday winning. Yeah, um, it was about damn time that a, a comedian gets yeah. her yeah. props. So yeah. I'm I'm all for that. Even today, com- comedians really don't get much love from the Academy. Um, yeah. I, I do want to share. I, I know you that you specialize in. I, I guess you you mentioned a, a classic film, but I know you really like Scorsese. And I was trying to think for for somebody with your name, um, Farron. I thought you'd be easier. It'd be easier to find your work, your supplements, but um, but it was harder than I thought. So I couldn't find any. I I know you did a really good essay on Brzezagi, but I can't remember which disc. Um, might have been... uh, that was I, they they put it on History is Made at Night, but that's it was right. originally it was originally done for the channel. Um, oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't yeah. think you were on Moonrise, but um, but I, yeah. I really loved uh, the Irishman. Your 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 take on that. And uh, speaking of recent oh, film that does, so that has different distribution, I I'm, I know that's a I don't know why that's a kind of a divisive film for some reason. I think yeah, it just. People get cranky about um well, we get movies, into like you know movies. line counting mm-hmm. how right, many right. women speak in it, and I'm just like, this is boring, so I was yeah. very I was very uh happy that you that you uh, uh talked about that one. I loved it yeah, yeah. I, I I loved it too. People can also be a pain in the ass about the de aging um yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, that, that was that was annoying for for me. I mean, there there were, you know, there was somebody on YouTube who did like a different form of de-aging, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. a sort of home home movie de-aging. Uh, and, uh, you know, and and indeed, yes, there were mu- many fewer wrinkles on Robert De Niro. And I'm like, <laughs> OK, except you know, and Thelma Schumacher has discussed this, you know, talking yeah. about, about it. Um, it. The de-aging was never just a matter of taking the goddamn wrinkles off. The de-aging <laughs> was, was, was a matter of, um, of not ruining their performance, right? right. I mean, yeah. it, they, it, they will tell you, uh, like psychiatrists and things will tell you that, you know, if, if we were sitting here talking face-to-face, your face would be making all kinds mm-hmm. of, like, tiny micro movements that are indicating to me how you're taking what I'm saying. Right. Right. And you do that to every time you do that to Robert De Niro, you're taking away part of his performance. So the idea was how do we, you know, get rid of some of the Mm -hmm. aging and leave him his performance. And I thought it was very well done. I think so too. It was usually those things kind of take me out, you know, uh, because I'm, I'm, I, I hate to use this comparison, but like we took Ellie to see one of the Star Wars. I think it was uh, Last Jedi, or no, it was whichever one they they did the CGI um, uh, Peter Cushing. Which one was that? Um, I don't know. One of the Star Wars, and I I kept looking like trying. It was like it completely yanked me out of the film, and I was yeah. just staring at this you know, whatever it was and trying to figure out, Oh, does it really look like Peter Cushing? And so I was, I was more focused on that than what was actually going on. Not that there was any great storytelling or anything, but I, 
I wasn't bothered. It took me like a maybe a minute or two to kind of go, mm-hmm. oh, okay. And then I was right back into it. It it felt relatively natural. Um, so I I I had I thought it was very well done. I had no problem with it at all. Yeah, uh, you know, and the the imperfections of it are maybe something that that you know classic movie fans could deal with maybe a little bit more yeah. because we're 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 so used to seeing that you know like matte paintings, <laughs> real projection, yeah. yeah, yeah, or or you know or like the the backlot, you know, I mean right. there there are you know certain B movies where like the flats look like <laughs> flats, you know, but <laughs> but if it's a really good movie, I still don't care, right? Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, whereas you know, like as years go by and technology gets better and better, it's almost a bit of a curse because mm-hmm. people sure. want you know absolute verisimilitude, and I, I'm I'm not even sure that's desirable all the time. No, no. Um, well, with the with Irishman though, um, speaking of performance, one you you highlighted Joe Pesci a lot, and I think a lot of the de aging comments are for um for De Niro. I, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he was the lead, but I think they really worked for Pesci. And frankly, I, I, I you, you pointed out that he, it was an understated performance. He sits a lot. Um, I think it was the performance of his life. I mean, it's going he's against so type so much, and, and he's so so good. Yeah, I, I just, I mean, he really gets me. And also, the um, you you made some comparisons with other mob films, gangster films, uh, good, good films especially, and about how this is different. This is an area that's really not been explored. That you know, time runs out. And I my, personally, my favorite um, segment of the movie is like the last thirty minutes, forty five minutes, when it when it really does slow down. But that kind of works to you know make that point. So, so yeah, I, I love that that supplement. I thought you highlighted um, what I loved about it uh, very. Very exceptionally. So, thanks, Baron. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah, that that was that was really a pleasure to do. I, you know, the, and the the idea was, you know, to sort of look at some of the other gangster movies of of which Scorsese has not made that many. But, no, no. <laughs> he hasn't. But, yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there, there's, there's really basically, you know, four depending Mm -hmm. on how you count them, but yeah, so I was going back through all of them and, um, and it was, it was interesting to see how, how different they all are in tone, in conception, in Mm -hmm. execution, you know, like going back to mean streets, Mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I, is a movie I really love, um, and uh, and that I think has uh, a lot of, you know, in in a weird way, it's got a lot of. If I had to pick out one of the other movies that that strikes some of the same em- emotional um, tones as The Irishman, I would pick Mean Streets. You know, even though mm-hmm. these were young good, people, good one. you know, right. yeah, yeah, no de aging uh, necessary. <laughs> Right, right, but you know, it, c- Casino is um, is is there's something very clinical about Casino, um, yeah. and uh, you know, it it's uh, it's an, a magnificent technical accomplishment. All of those, I was really grooving on all of those swooping like Steadicam mm-hmm. shots, 
You know, mm-hmm. that is that movie is steady cam heaven, man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and Goodfellas, of course, you know, yeah. is like a, a a comedy until it's not. Mm. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, the yeah. best description ever. Yeah. Comedy until it's not. Until Debbie so Mazars. <laughs> so I have to ask you, like, when you sat down with with Papa Marty, were you just like did you just completely disassociate? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like for, for, for the, for the Scorsese shorts. Yes, um, yes. Uh, yeah. Where I was talking to him, I, you know, he, um, he came in, um, and he, it was, uh, he, he was very warm and personable said hello. And then bang, we were talking. You're on, yeah. So I didn't, you know, I didn't have time to sort of, you know, gaze at him and think, Jesus, I'm, I'm in the presence of Martin Scorsese. <laughs> and, you know, it was just like, bang, we're off to the races. Sure. And that yeah. was probably helpful. Yeah, um, sure. And uh, it was it was really nice because I, I wish um, I wish that. I would not want to see the outtakes for anything else I've done for Criterion, but for that <laughs> one, I would, because there were some times yeah. where he mm. would, you know, he would go on a tangent for a bit and then he'd always find his way back. But there were a couple of tangents that were really fascinating. There was one where he was talking about uh, Fort Apache and the ending of oh. Fort Apache. Right. And, uh, and the, the idea of, you know, like, uh, you know, sort of, saying that, you know, they not correcting them about, you know, Thursday and how he died and, you know, what a stupid boneheaded ass he had been, you know, but instead like letting his, you know, heroism be the story that's told afterward. And Scorsese was just talking about how he's gone back and forth over the years over whether or not John Wayne makes the right decision. Um, and it was fascinating, you know, um, it, it's it's true. That's a, a movie where you know I um I had not seen it, but I went back and looked at it afterward, and I guess the you know first few times I saw it, I it it was moving to me that that John Wayne makes this decision, but you know not to get political, but in the age that we're living in right yeah. now choosing um to go with a fake narrative resonates differently Mm -hmm. i'll just say that (laughs) so um yeah very cool well we'd love to see the outtakes from that too um jill i think you need to get papa marty on the show and um and talk three hours good luck with that i know (laughs) it's it's i would would just be beside myself i'd just be like you just talk i'm gonna listen exactly i think he would love it i'm just just talking film but um but yeah, Farron, I love your work on Criterion. I, I hope there's more to come. I'm sure there is. I'm sure you're working on something right now that you can't tell us, and that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, one one segment we have on the, on the show uh, that I maybe we can wrap up with is beyond Criterion, because frankly, we're a Criterion show, but we t- we collect and watch um, all kinds of media. As, as mentioned, Indicator. Speaking of Scorsese, he was a huge fan of uh, of Murder by Contract, and actually, that speaking of Irishman, the barber sequence, which you 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 touched on, um, but I, I know that you um, uh, there was an announcement of yours this week, Farron. Do you want to um, talk about that on another label? Oh right, um, I we're, uh, I am going to be. Um, in a video supplement to um, the Flickr Alley release of Repeat Performance. Um, <gasps> yeah. 
So mm -hmm. this, this is a, um, this has been really high on every film noir nerds, um, <laughs> wish list for a yeah. very long time. And like, I'm going to, to tell on myself at Eddie. <laughs> I, I even told, I even told Eddie Muller this, like he understood, but like, I wanted to see that, that damn movie so bad that like four years ago, I bought a bootleg and <laughs> it, it like, it really bit me in the but because that was the worst bootleg I have ever seen in my life. It was just literally unwatchable. And it was like, it was cut off on two sides. I like, I couldn't yeah. get in 10 minutes in. So I'd been waiting for this for a long time. I saw it um, when it was shown on New Year's Day at, um, in New Year's Day 2020. Um, and I just love this movie. It's a really unique, strange movie. And Joan Leslie is wonderful in it. And, you know, High Sierra, actually, looking at High Sierra, I, because at that point I knew I was doing this thing for Joan Leslie for repeat performance, while mm -hmm. I'm prepping for High Sierra, I'm also really looking at her and what she's doing in that movie. It's really quite subtle. And her character is not that nice a person. You know, she's not a terrible person, but she's, she's selfish in the way yeah. that teenagers are selfish you know? right. and, uh, and, and blinkered in the way that they're blinkered. They can only, mm -hmm. really only see their own needs. Right. And, and she does that wonderfully well. And she was a teenager, a very young one when she made that movie. So to mm -hmm. have that kind of insight into what you're like already um, bespeaks somebody who has you know talent as an actor and i think by the time we get repeat performance that's a really it's what it's probably the best role she ever got so mm -hmm. i'm going to be really happy to be talking about that movie um i hope that people are excited i can't wait finally yeah. already pre-ordered yeah <laughs> right right you know learn <laughs> Learn, learn from Farron. Never buy a bootleg. Wait. <laughs> well, that's why I haven't seen. I don't this. know. I don't know, Farron. You know, I'm not advocating thievery, but um, I've got a few bootlegs that I'm clutching onto until until they get proper releases. But yes, I have I have been burned too uh, a few times. I have 11 uh, copies of a Love Affair that I <laughs> chose not to watch. <laughs> Um, but yeah, that comes out in I want to say is it February? Uh, no, I, I, oh, January. It, yeah, I think it's January because it it is that rare thing a New Year's Eve movie. It's set entirely on New Year's Eve. Love so. it. Flicker Alley uh, is just so great. Okay, um, that, that's it. They, the the present day bit of it, you know, the wrapping story is set entirely on New Year's Eve. So nice. Yeah, I can't can't wait. Um, is there anything else, Farron, that you're you've worked on that has come out recently or has been announced? Um, no, I don't think. Uh, oh well, um, yeah. The the indicator set of um, uh, of May West movies has <gasps> come out, and I, I have a commentary on um, I on I'm No Angel. I didn't um, know that. It comes yeah. out in a couple <laughs> weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I've um, pre-ordered it. I have too, and we've talked about it. That's right, because when Aaron and I were talking about that a few episodes back, um, mm -hmm. 
I said, oh, we were looking at this. They had finally released. I had pre-ordered it sight unseen, of course. Mm-hmm. It's May. And uh, I was looking at the the breakdown. And I said, oh, my God, Ferrance on this release. Fantastic. <laughs> and I love Indicator. They're they're great to, um, you know, their stuff is fantastic. And they're great to work with. And uh, really, uh, really looking forward to this set. It's going to be gorgeous. Yeah, love their boxes, especially. Uh, it- yeah, they're they're really amazing. I can't wait for May. Uh, I yeah, I think it's I, the thing with the supply chain. I think there it might not be until January until we get our copies. But uh, crossing yeah. my fingers. Um, yeah. Jill, do you have any any um? Yeah, I just have a, I have a very a couple. You know, uh, Farron knows this very well that we were panicked over Warner Archive uh, <laughs> and their demise, but they're still releasing and um they just don't have their shop, storefront anymore and they decimated their their workforce but uh two new releases that came out on blu-ray and one of them is um this is a little appropriate considering the passing of steven sondheim a couple mm, days ago yeah and that's uh the last of sheila that he co-wrote with anthony perkins and this is just a great whodunit uh, 70s fashion. Uh, fantastic. Diane Cannon's hat is amazing. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that one, that one's a lot of a lot of fun. And, and of course, Ian McShane, who I just, oh God, I could eat him up. And then um, <laughs> another one I love um, is National Velvet, and I'm so glad that this one is uh, on a nice release. This is. Um, Mickey Rooney and Elizabeth Taylor and Anne, the lovely Anne Revere and a very young Angela Lansbury. And, um, you know, Farron also knows this. I, I love Mickey Rooney. So <laughs> I'm, I'm a fellow Rooney lover. <laughs> yes. And, you know, his personal life, whatever he was a mess, but God, he could just, he was a great actor. I love him. And, and it's such a great movie, and that's a favorite in this household. And then two more quick ones that were from Lionsgate, um, L.A. Story, which has not been released. And I think this is the first time on Blu-ray, and I think whatever copies were out there were um, uh, out of print. And this is Steve Martin, and uh, love this movie. And then also the beautiful by Lionsgate, the beautiful 4K Blu-ray of Ron, Akira Kurosawa's Ron, and it looks stunning. I've waited for this one for a very long time. It's, I have two copies already, and I'm, mm, uh, I just wish it was Criterion. <laughs> I know. <laughs> no offense, know. Lionsgate, but. Um, I know, I, but I'm it gonna... is a stunning set, and and I would, I would love to have all of Kurosawa's work at one home. Yeah. And I would love to, for them to release a, a big old box set of everything, but I will take, I will take this release of Ron. It does not beat the gorgeous 35 I saw of it here in Atlanta mm. a few years back, but, um, it is, it is very stunning. I'm excited. If there's a film it. that deserves 4k, this is it. Um, hands yeah. down. It's just such a beautiful Absolutely. film. Absolutely. So, I'm such, so make... epic. I've tried to show it to Thomas a couple times and he, he always kind of nods off and then I just finish it and on my own, which fine. But he, <laughs> he is a huge fan of King Lear and I'm like, you've got, you've got to oh. get on this. So I'm going to try to 
maybe we need to start it earlier. And just the, turn up the volume. Day. Yeah. <laughs> turn <laughs> up the, um, I, I don't know. Maybe fast forward to the action sequences. You know, Farron, I know you've shown some Kurosawa to your to your son. Is that right? You've... Yeah. Yeah. I I, sh- I showed him Ron. He thought it was fabulous. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I, that was my next question. Yeah. Is if you had shown him this one. So I know. Yeah, I, cause I remember yeah. some maybe a couple years ago you had introduced Seven Samurai. And yeah. I'm sitting here wondering when I can when I can take Ellie down that path. She's seen a hidden fortress hmm. um, because of the Star Wars connections. But, yeah, we, uh, we watched that one too. I think he actually preferred Ron, but Hidden Fortress yeah. is nice. I, Ron is, um, you know, quite violent. Um, right. Yeah, yes, she's yes, very much so. Edge older. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm sitting here thinking, what's the next one I can show her? So you know. I have to yeah, stew I on that a little bit. Ron is a great entry point. I, I'd say it's better than Seven Samurai, um, not as a film, but as an entry point into Kurosawa's, just because it's you know it's got the big battles. Um, but I can it, see that. But Seven Samurai, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, I saw a list where Seven happy. Samurai was uh, was was ranked lower than. Um, Guards, Guardians of the Galaxy. So. Don't don't get me started on don't. that. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I have I have a lot of thoughts that will remain. Well, on that note. Um... <laughs> well, I have one. So... Um, oh, oh, you sorry. do. Okay, great. Just one. Um, speaking of Arrow and indicated that confusion, um, Arrow had their announcements and they uh, they've done away with Arrow Academy, which is kind of disappointing. But I I, I can tell they're tr- still trying to bring those those types of films into their main library. They just don't call them Arrow Academy. Uh, they announced a Chabrol set, uh, Claude Chabrol, and it's a bunch a bunch of his, his five films, I believe, and I haven't seen any of these, which is surprising because I've seen a lot of Chabrol, but they're really between the period, uh, kind of his later period, between Story of Women and La, La Ceremonie. Um, I can't do the French of that when I'm sick. <laughs> but um, so they're... He he is not always consistent, you know. I, but those two uh, films are among his masterpieces, so I'm probably not going to rush out and buy this one immediately. Uh, but at some point, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, so Exciting. that's coming. I think in February. I'm not positive. Great. Yeah, and uh, that's it. So, um, so Farron, where where can we find you online? Um, well, you can find me at my su- substack, selfstyledsiren.substack.com, uh, and uh, selfstyledsiren on Twitter. And uh, yeah, those are probably the main places. Great. I'll put a link in the notes to that um, that uh, box office article. So I that's for, I know you're kind of doing the free as a, a temporary uh, trial, so people can kind of take get taste what what you're going to be doing so i believe that's a free one yeah i think that there there will probably always be be free ones but you know i think i I probably will paywall some i think you should definitely um, should i think you should (laughs) everyone should be paying for it so everybody please support farron yes i'm paying for it i'm glad to really delighted with um with the people who have you know signed up for you know paid things already you know it's a really generous really lovely show of support so shout out to those people i appreciate the hell out of you. Like, you, you you make me feel like this is not some weird ass you know notion of, <laughs> that maybe 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 this is really a good idea yeah <laughs> is this so you like me you really like me <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but on on that note jill um speaking of supporting uh creators yes. uh where can people find so, you well you can find me at uh at 
the well, first of all, on Twitter at Biscuit Kitten, and don't ask. And then there's also the Classic Film Collective uh, Patreon that uh, the lovely Kate Gabrielle mm-hmm. uh, is her brainchild, and she asked a few of us ladies to be a part of it. And it's just a, and Farron is actually one of our supporters, which we I really appreciate. <laughs> and um, we, we, um, you know, have monthly film recommendations and there's poetry and original music and uh, fiction and book reviews and videos and essays and just a little bit of everything. And we've got some really fun things um, coming down the line. And um, so that's at the Classic Film Collective. I believe we'll put that uh, patron Patreon link in. And then... Um, the retro set and the drinking while talking podcast, which is kind of on hiatus uh, for now. We'll see whenever we feel like talking about something. And then of course here on the criterion now. Yeah. And also EW. I, I don't think we talked about oh, that, yeah. but you had, no, a, um, you had I, a thing. I actually was interviewed for entertainment weekly um, for uh, the November issue, which may still be out and it's actually in print. And then there's a, an extended uh, interview online. Uh, more the lovely Maureen Lee, Lee Linker, a friend of mine, interviewed me about Harold Russell and um, his performance in the Best Years of Our Lives and oh, the work yeah, he did for so veterans. That's so great. that was so so cool to be a part of. And um, so yeah, and in in the podcast uh, gets a nice little shout out in yeah. the article. So so if you're new, um, <laughs> welcome, new listeners. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find the show at um, Criterion Cast, and if you want the early episodes, you can join our Patreon. And uh, I'm at a west five hundred five on Twitter. I don't tweet a whole lot. I say that every show, <laughs> uh, but come <laughs> hang out at the group. Uh, last time I mentioned that the the polls are always fun. And guess what? We got nothing right this this month. This was a bunch <laughs> of surprises. But I love that. I love being surprised, and especially with the love affair. Uh, I think that's the one I'm looking forward to the most. So. Farron, great talking to you. Uh, thanks for your... Oh, great yeah, talking to you, Thank you so you much. Too. This was wonderful. All right. Well, have a great day. <laughs>